eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. It's time to take command with former NFL tight end Logan Paulson and former Commander's Beat reporter Craig Hoffman. Welcome into Take Command. I am Craig Hoffman. He is Logan Paulson. This here shows podcast we do twice a week. You can subscribe on your favorite podcast platforms, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, uh, you can watch us on 1067 The Fan's YouTube page, and we are uh, simulcasting today, Logan, on 1067 The Fan and the Team 980. You know, I play clips of the show all the time on on the radio show, on the Hoffman show every afternoon on the Team 980. But a full episode, real treat on the radio. <laughs> yeah, it's exciting, man. Good to get uh, get some more pub, and I know your show's been doing good, so nice to kind of have a collaborative event. Yeah. Even though we collaborate all the time, but you know what I'm saying? Yeah, like, for sure. For more, sure. More official. Yes. Uh, we hope that everyone's having a great July 4th holiday weekend into your holiday week. And today on the show, we are going to do kind of part two of our divisional rankings. Last week, we did the offensive skill position groups, or actually all the offensive groups, um, which is funny. We call them skill positions, like offensive line isn't skilled. Um, but we do, yeah. we do all of the positional group rankings from like a confidence level throughout the entire division. Uh, if you want that, obviously go back in the podcast archive and check it out. But today we're going to do defense, Logan. We're going to start with the defensive tackles, hit the edge rushers, linebackers, safety corner. So we're not just going three levels. We're going to break down uh, the front fours and the, or I guess, does anybody play three, four in this? We're going to break, break yeah, down the, the front. Uh, the Giants do. Yeah, they're, they're going to break down the fronts uh, and break down the, the secondaries into their, their individual component parts. Uh, but we'll start with the defensive tackles. Uh, and obviously this is an area of strength for Washington, but yeah. they are not alone in having excellent players at this position in the league. It shows the importance of a good interior offensive line because basically all four teams have have really good players at this position. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that, I think, you know, if I had to say, this is the easiest way to go is go, who's the worst team with this? And I yeah. think it's Dallas. Yeah. I think they just have, um, you know, it's not they got bad players. You know, they drafted Mozzie Smith in the first round, who I was very, very high on coming out in this last year's draft out of Michigan. Big kind of run-stopping type of fellow, which is something they struggled with. Um, also, the gentleman from UCLA has kind of been a nice disruptive three technique inside. But like when you just look around 
the lead, the, the, the division specifically. I mean, it's got some of the best defensive lines in the NFL. Like I think everyone is probably expecting me to say that, oh, you know, Washington's going to run away with it. But when you look at statistically, when you look at the PFF stuff, the team interior wise that is, is performing the best is the New York giants. And I know that's probably a surprise, right? People probably are like, Oh, probably, okay. You're going to give us Philadelphia as the team. That's not Washington. No, it's the giants. Yes. It's the giants. And I think, you know, a big reason of that is because Dexter Lawrence was, I mean, maybe outside of uh, uh, Jones in Kansas city um, was maybe the be- best defensive tackle in football last year, which is crazy because he's like a true knows and obviously you have Leonard Williams, Ashawn Robinson, who again is maybe not a household name, but a very, very solid kind of four eye, five technique type player. And then the depth there for defensive tackle. Now it's important to kind of make sure we're very clear about this is very, very high. We got Nunez Roches, who they brought in from Tampa Bay, who's one of the best kind of nose five technique run stuffing players in the NFL. Not a lot of love there because of what he does. Uh, DJ Davidson, again, similar mold. And then Anderson Ryder, all kind of of the same cloth in terms of making kind of absorbing blocks um, and kind of freeing up linebackers and edge rushers and allowing, um, you know, the defensive structure to be kind of these light boxes. But I think the, the key piece there is key two pieces is Dexter Lawrence and Leonard Williams. And obviously they have some interesting kind of young talent in Riley Jordan. You know, this kind of, you know, he was on my freaks list when I was doing the draft. I mean, he's six six. 350 and I think he ran a sub 540 so a big fast Ooh. man obviously has to obviously has to put it together but you know those, those two kind of guys at the top are excellent and I think Dexter Lawrence probably tips the scale kind of saying they're the best group now it's close but you know I think he's he's kind of the uh the, the, the I'd say it's hard for me to say because I, I think you know Payne's excellent I think Allen's excellent, but he's probably the best interior defensive player in the division. That's crazy. And then you start to look at down the list, and if you want to get into depth pieces, there's a real argument to be made if, if we agree that New York is first, and it's hard to argue with based yeah. off what they did last year, that Philadelphia could be second. Um, yeah. You know, Obviously, Fletcher Cox has been incredible forever. He's not quite at the peak of his powers anymore, but he's still very good. And then it's yeah. a question of, of who do you trust. And I think that's where I'm going to give Washington the edge and still put them yeah. second. But Jalen Carter, obviously, tremendous talent coming out of the draft. Everyone looks at him going to Philadelphia, and they think they can get the most out of his talent. Jordan Davis, uh, teammate of Carter's in college at Georgia, uh, who was really, really good last year as a run-stuffing guy. Like He knows what he is, and, and they know what he is, and, and he'll continue to grow as a pass rusher over time. But for what he is right now, and then, you know, you get into guys like Milton Williams, Contavious Street, and I'm sure you've got a, a deeper file on some of those guys, yeah. any, anybody that you particularly like there. But I, I think for Washington, like, you know, Carter's upside is potentially better than Payne, better than Allen. And I say that yeah. knowing just how good those guys are. Um, I mean, but at, at the same time, I think it's impossible without him having played a game to put that group above Washington and Allen and Payne alone are, are worth so much. They've been fairly consistent in terms of their availability. It's football. Things happen, but they haven't been injury prone so far in their career uh, or their careers. They, they've been consistent in terms of weekend, week out production, especially last year as, as they've gotten into kind of the prime of their careers here. And then you look at the, the depth pieces. Um, you know, obviously that's where you get into more of a projection, but a guy like Big Phil, who's a second round pick last year. Yeah. And they had guys like Ridgeway who played really well. FA sometimes slides inside and was good for them. Um, and then it's a matter of, you know, does a guy like David Bada or, or Potoe 
like who makes the yeah. team there um, becomes the question. But um, I, I think the consistency and the lack of needing to project, knowing what they are, keeps Payne and Allen uh, and that Washington group second behind New York, at least in my opinion. That's what I would agree with. And I think, you know, a little bit of it's, it's kind of like to your point. Like I look at the first two and if like, if the season started today, who would I rather have? And a Fletcher Cox, while, you know, when I played, you know, he was top three defensive player in the NFL. He was kind of right in that same conversation as JJ Watt, really, really talented guy. Um, and he's still good. He's still, you know, like a, a very, very probably top 15 interior player, like good, good football player. But I think here in Washington, you're dealing with two guys who are definitively in the top 10, you know, yeah. and I think, uh, that that ability, uh, the playmaking ability that those guys have, I think separates them. Now, you, you mentioned kind of the ace in the hole, the wild card there, which is Jalen Carter, and everyone thinks he's going to be a top five guy this year. And so to me, a top 15 guy and a top five guy does not outweigh necessarily um, what Washington has. And you mentioned the depth pieces. You mentioned the file on uh, like Milton Williams, like He's a good player, but, you know, he is a kind of depth rotational guy with some pass rush upside. Jordan Davis, I think the potential is there. But I think when you look at him down to down last year, like there were games where he was dominant against the run, absolutely dominant. But also like he was hurt a lot and like that was a knock on him in college. Can he handle the higher snap counts? And, um, you know, when you look at the value there, you know, for a first round pick compared to a guy like John Ridgway, John Ridgway, I think, projects into kind of a similar run stuffing presence, you know, so. Like, you know, in terms of does he add a ton? I don't know. I think he's got more athletic, more pass rush upside, and it will take time to develop that. But right now, I think I'd say Washington probably two a defensive tackle, and then I think Philly and then Dallas. So, um, again, that could easily switch, like we talked about with our projections for the offensive guys. Um, you know, the like if, if Jalen Carter comes out and is, you know, Aaron Donald 2.0 or J.J. Watt 2.0 or whoever, name your person – um, like then okay. this, this, this list is totally different, you know, right. but I, I do think pain Allen, the depth that the, tr I think that's the other thing, the quality depth that they've got there, I, I think is, is another value thing, but I, I think pain and Allen man are definitively, you know, better than what they have starting right now, I guess. Right. I Here's what I would say too, for Washington's guys. And this will transition us a little bit as we start to get into the edge guys. Like if chase is good this year, how much easier is life for those guys inside? I mean, they've been yeah. playing with just only Montez Sweat, as if that's <laughs> that's something to not be jealous of for a lot of other groups in the league. But those guys could easily be chasing New York. Like, I mean, also, yeah. is is that who Dexter Lawrence is, or did he have the best year of his career? I think you could say the same thing that's about Payne. Um, but, but I think that there is just as easy of a chance that Washington catches New York in this as Philadelphia catches Washington. Like that's a that, great point. Yeah. And, and so I think the context here is important, right? Like how how tight are the splits? If this is a race, yeah. like what's the margins? Those three cars are pretty tight in the race and Dallas is out, you know, trailing behind. We don't got a max for stap in here who's winning every race by 20 <laughs> seconds. Uh shout out to the yeah. F1 fans. Drive to think. survive. Yeah. Yeah. Um but yeah that's another great point is like it's kind of also your flavor too. Like if you were kind of picking just based off flavor like, you know, not a lot of teams play true nose. Like, I think Dallas would jump at the opportunity to get, you know, Dexter Lawrence. But, you know, with Washington, I guess if they had that Cinco front, man, that would be pretty brutal, right? Yeah. Jerron Payne, Lawrence, and Al, that would be disgusting. But um, I think that, you know, he's a true nose. He's a very specific skill set. While, you know, Allen and Payne, you know, they can play nose. They can play three. They can do a lot of different stuff. So um, I think that flexibility is also something that I think adds value. 
you know, it lets them do different stuff, find different mismatches. Um, but yeah, like I think because of Dexter's Lawrence, Dexter Lawrence's year last year, kind of the starting caliber depth they have kind of six deep on that roster, which is pretty impressive for, uh, for New York, like yeah. on a roster that was not very good for them to be that deep. I think they're a one, I think Washington's two Philly, very, very, I mean, and we're talking the slightest of margins here. Um, and I think, I think partially because it's a lot of, it's a projection, you right. know, from Jalen Carter and Jordan Davis going into year two. Um, and then I think Dallas, unfortunately, like, you know, for Dallas fans, sorry, sorry, not sorry. You guys just aren't good on the interior. You guys have <laughs> got some, Guys who are very talented, but no one who's kind of put it all together. Yet. Well, let's let's make Dallas fans happy. Ah, we don't care about that on this <laughs> podcast. Knowing how to speak and understand a new language can be an invaluable tool when traveling, meeting new friends, or just even to master a new skill. But it's not always simple when you're bogged down by textbooks and structure classes. That's why so many people trust Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program available on desktop or as an app. It truly immerses you in the language you want to learn, like Spanish, French, Italian, Chinese, and more. You won't just be studying English translations. The Rosetta Stone intuitive process helps you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com rs10. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com rs10 today. Uh, if we're gonna if we're gonna make Dallas fans happy though, let's talk about the edge guys. Um, and this is oh, another God, yeah. stacked stacked group within this division. And I, I I tend to think this is actually the easiest uh, again to to parse out who's the worst. I think New York, for as good as they are, are on yeah. the inside. Like, and part of it's how that defense is built, right? Like they play a three yeah. down, uh, and then we're talking about outside linebacker stand up edge guys versus you know four three guys, but. Uh, if you're talking about Kayvon Thibodeau, who's, you know, really came on at the end of last year and, you yeah. know, Okariki and, and the depth guys they have, like they're last. I don't even think we need to talk about it. I think, yeah. I think, but I will say like yeah. Okariki is one of those guys that, um, you know, he has, he, when he's healthy, he's very efficient as a rusher. So like, I think that's the other thing. Like he's, he's talented, yeah. you know, Kayvon Thibodeau's talented, but I also think like their production, like, um, you know, he's been hurt. Um, what's his name? Not Okariki. Yeah, that's his name. Yeah. Um, the the Ojolari is who I'm thinking of. Yeah. He's been hurt a ton, right? And so, like, if he's healthy, yeah, he's probably a 10-plus sack guy, but he hasn't been that yeah. guy because he's missed significant time each of his seasons in the NFL. So, Kayvon Thibodeau, is he, you know, does he become a dominant edge rusher? I don't know. I, I wasn't that high on him coming out of college, but I agree with you. I just think, you know, for as good as they are inside – like the weakness of that defense, unfortunately, is the edge. And uh, they didn't do a ton to address it this year. You know, they've got some solid depth pieces. Nobody that kind of, you know, blows your hair back. But um, yeah, I, I totally agree. I think that's probably probably the weakest of the division yeah. in terms of edge players. Apologies. Okariki, inside linebacker. Um, Aziz yes. Ojalari is oh. on the outside. You know, O'Shane Zimenez, like, fine. Again, depth pieces. But, like, yeah. when you're talking about the guys that are on the outside in Washington, Young, Sweat, and then obviously the death pieces, we've seen how effective they've been. Smith Williams, Two Hill, et cetera. KJ Henry coming on as a rookie. FA Obata um, plays a lot outside, obviously. Yeah. And then Philly, Brandon Graham back again. Josh Sweat, yeah. like what they have brought. Sweat is good as anybody the last couple of years in terms of production. And then Dallas has Demarcus Lawrence and Micah Parsons. 
And by the yeah. way, on on for whatever it's worth, on ESPN's depth chart, they are finally just listing Micah Parsons as a defensive end. Um, well, and that's that's just, how I would like to treat him. No, none of this linebacker stuff. He is an edge, and he is the best one in the division. Yeah, and I think like that's a great point. Um, and he is, I think, he is the most talented one. But you didn't even mention Hassan Reddick for uh, the Philadelphia Eagles, right? He's listed as a Sam linebacker because they run this like. 25 under front where he's like technically a linebacker on the ball. Like we all know what he is, right? He's a pass rush specialist. Right. And they also have Nolan Smith who they drafted in the first round coming in as an edge player there. Um, he led the division in sacks on Reddick last year. So again, very, very productive as a pass rusher, Brandon Graham, you know, I don't know how he keeps doing it. Just a bowling ball power rusher guy gets under your pads. And then Josh sweat, who is one of the funnest kind of creative edge rushers, you know, lots of diversity to his skill set. But I, I still think like, just like Dexter Lawrence was the the crown jewel of the interior players by a small margin, obviously. I think Micah Parsons has to be your guy, you know? And it's not that it's Micah Parsons in Dallas. It's not that it's Micah Parsons by himself. You know, there's a ton of other good football players there, um, specifically uh, Demarcus Lawrence, who I think is such a tough player to play against. He's strong, he toughs, he, he plays every down like it's his last a um, little bit of a down year last year, but I got a ton of respect for him. Sam Williams is another guy uh, drafted in the second round last year. High pass rush upside. And then Dorrance Armstrong is a guy also high pass rush upside, but never quite gotten there, you know? So um, I like their edge players quite a bit. I like their depth pieces. VME uh, Fahoko is a guy that I loved coming out in this last year's draft. Violent, more of a run stopper, but good player. Um, and then uh, Dante Fowler Jr. is on their depth chart. And he right. is a former first round pick who... Had, uh, I think he had 15 sacks two years ago with L.A., so obviously has the ability. So when you look at that depth chart, it's like, man, like I don't know who contends really. And I think maybe you could say I, see, Philly. I think Philly does. I, I think with Lawrence in, in his 30s, like I know last year was a down year and, and he plays hard and, and whatever, but like he's 31. And when you have that sure. down year, is that the start of the decline? And I would be concerned about that if I am Dallas. I agree with you. Parsons is the best guy. But what Reddick has done, what Sweat has done, like I think I would put Redding Philly Graham. one with with the depth because I do think it's Parsons and then a drop off to a bunch of other guys that are very good, but not quite as good as the collection of excellent guys that Philly has. I think I'd actually put Philly one. Yeah, and, I, and we forgot to mention Derek Barnett for Philly, also a former first round guy. We literally never have quite, too many guys to remember. Yeah, and we're looking never, at the depth chart. He was never actualized his ability, but is a good football player, you know, like is, you know, and we talked about the depth pieces of Dallas, like he fits in that kind of same depth kind of category for them. And I just think, you know, Hassan Reddick was so good last year. Josh Sweat is so fun to watch as a rusher in terms of creativity. And then Brandon Graham, I don't know, like it just depends on whether you think peak Micah Parsons is worth two of those guys. And after looking at it, I probably agree with you because he also forgot like Nolan Smith is right. a guy who, again, I loved coming out. And I think he has tremendous ability to be kind of the next Hassan Reddick. He's like a little bit more explosive. He's so twitchy, so powerful. So I'm gonna, yeah, I think I think Philly feels right. Do you go Dallas two here? That's what I'm questioning. So the 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 big year for Fowler was all the way back in 2019. Like it was 11 yeah. and a half sacks, and that was that was a long time ago. He had six last year in ago. Dallas. He's, he had four and a half in Atlanta, and then three in Atlanta. Like, been very inconsistent. Yeah, I, I, I'm not. He's he's he. So in the depth charts that I saw, he's the third guy. Right. There's a yeah. lot of guys ahead of him. So I'm not saying Dante Fowler is the guy that's going to change this for you. 
I just think um, they have a they have a type. They have Micah Parsons. They have Demarcus Lawrence, who again, very very good edge rushers. They have Armstrong, who is kind of a pass rush specialist. They have um, that kid Sam, who's also kind of a pass rush rush specialist. So in terms of type and depth, they just seem to have a kind of a stable of guys. I don't think you know who's the guy that left there uh, last year, two years ago for Denver. Jeez, um, um, you know I know exactly what you're talking about, and I cannot think of his name right from, now. From from the from Nebraska, so I'll leave a comment. Oh yeah, uh, Randy Gregory. Yeah, Randy Gregory. They haven't had that kind of three headed monster for a couple of years. I think they're hoping Sam kind of fills in that role. But um, gosh, yeah. So I mean, I don't know, man. Like I, I I see those three names or see those four or five names, and think, man, they've got some really good depth pieces there. Uh, but are they better than Washington? And I think. You know, I think if I'm taking Micah Parsons, I'd probably take him over Sweat. I think Sweat's maybe the second best guy in that group. And then, then it's about Chase, really. Chase yeah. and Arm. Well, that, that's like, the thing. So is it, it is, is Montez, or sorry, is Chase Young going to approach Micah Parsons' territory? Or are we talking about him even being better than Dexter Lawrence? Because So it really comes down to Chase. Demarcus Lawrence. Demarcus yeah, Lawrence. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So if... I, I think it's too hard to project Chase that positively right now. For that reason, I'll go Dallas as having, you know, because one guy can also just wreck a game and they've got yeah. the best the best game wrecker. So I think I'll go Dallas second. I can't believe I'm putting Washington third, but like again, talking about this being extremely close, I put Washington third and then and then New York fourth. Yeah, and I think it's kind of running to the same thing we ran into with Philly. Like, you know, I think we're both hoping Chase becomes kind of this dominant edge player, right? Like I think that's the that's the anticipation. But if you look at his last two years, he has not produced like that. So, you know, you got to give it to the player that's been more consistent in terms of production. And as much as I like Casey Tuchel and James Smith-Williams and F.A. Albada, like they're not on the same level as as Lawrence, you know, and some of the other depth pieces there in Dallas from a pur- pure pass rushing standpoint. Now, if Chase comes out and plays really well and is a, you know, 12-11 sack guy and he's super consistent against the run and all that kind of stuff, this is a different conversation. But I do think um, – I'd, I'd say I'd agree. I think Dallas has a slight edge at the moment, and it really depends on where Chase falls in terms of his development. Yeah. All right, when we get back, we'll hit the linebackers, then time to do the secondary here on Take Command. 